Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh. Outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong. I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the new while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Cause you and I outweigh. Happy Saturday, Outweigh. I'm Leanne Ellington, and I'm a friend of Amy's and the author and creator of Stressless Eating. And I'm back again as the resident guest host for a few episodes of Outweigh, which we started doing a couple weeks ago. So if you missed those, definitely go back and check those out. So one was about why your brain thinks it wants sugar. And the other was, is your social media relationship or your relationship with social media helping or harming your self-esteem? And of course, your relationship with food and your body. So we got into the nitty gritty details about both of those subjects. Today, though, we're going to talk about something that comes up so much in the work that I do, and it can absolutely unconsciously sabotage you too, if you're not aware. So maybe this resonates with you. So just kind of ask yourself, have you ever gone to start a new plan or program and on the surface, you're gung-ho, you know, you're ready to take it by the reins, you're deeply committed and hoping, oh, let's be honest, maybe you're secretly praying that this time really is going to be different, that this will be the thing that changes everything for you. But, you know, secretly in the back of your mind, if you're totally honest with yourself, you're kind of waiting for it to fail. 
So perhaps you're even, you know, outright expecting it to fail because you know in your heart of hearts that even though the plan or the program itself might be different this time around, you know that deep down you haven't changed. Like you haven't gotten your mind or your head or your brain and your heart aligned in a way that would cause things to be different. And so one of the biggest struggles my stressless eating clients have when they come to me is the inner chatter and the internal self-talk of, you know, what my clients would call self-sabotage, but we talked about that a couple weeks ago of what that really is. And I call them the never gonna inner voices, as in, you know, you're never gonna do this or you're never gonna have that. So It's those voices that really kind of sabotage you before you even begin. The ones that say, you know, you're never going to get there. What makes you think this time is going to be any different? Or you're never going to stick with this long term. Like, you know how this story ends. Or you're never actually going to get past this. Like, just face it, you're going to be dealing with this the rest of your life. Or you're never going to see this thing through. Like, this is just going to be one more thing that you start and don't finish. So why even bother? Or one of the most common ones that I hear from my clients is, what if I'm the one person this doesn't work for because I'm too broken, too messed up, too far gone, too, you know, whatever, and I'm never going to really find anything that works, right? And ouch, those that hurts, right? So I call those the never gonna inner voices. And this is, in my opinion, one of the biggest things that needs to get addressed in our self-image or else it will kind of become this self-fulfilling prophecy. So your voices might have a different name or a different face, but if you're anything like myself or the women I work with, you too have done your share of trying to probably, you know, out diet those voices or out motivate them or out willpower them or, you know, outsmart them. Unfortunately, though, that is the part that's not working. And I can promise you will never work because, you know, this is the part of your struggle that it's it's not a diet or food problem. And it's not a motivation or self-sabotage problem. And it's not because you are, you know, indeed destined to never gonna your life away. It's what I would call a thinking problem and a brain problem. And it's a self-image thing. Specifically, it's in the category of what I would consider a self-esteem problem, but it's not in the way that most people think about self-esteem. So I used to think that self-esteem was just a matter of self-confidence, but what I've come to discover is that in reality, self-esteem is kind of like that no-like trust factor, as in how much you know yourself, how much you like yourself, and then the big one, how much you trust yourself. So when When it comes to the never gonna inner voices, that's going to be the self-trust factor that, again, if you have those voices, the self-trust factor is going to be the part that's working against you. So I see this all the time. You know, women come to me and their self-esteem is totally shot because time after time after time, they've witnessed themselves, you know, starting, stopping, starting, quitting, starting, you get the point whatever it is, the plan, the program, and then they finally kind of say, okay, screw it, right? 
that by the time they come to me, they're at that point where they don't really believe a word that they say. When they hear themselves say things like, okay, this time it's going to be different or this time I'm for real. Because in reality, they've witnessed themselves time after time making promises to themselves that they either don't keep, that they can't keep, or they don't even want to keep, right? So not only do they not believe a word they say when they make promises to themselves that, you know, this time it's going to be different, but on top of that, they believe themselves less and less every time they go to make a new promise, a new commitment, or a new declaration, essentially ensuring that their self-esteem bank account stays chronically overdrawn. Because again, if you're witnessing yourself pulling from that self-esteem bank account, making promises, making promises, and never putting back you know, a deposit of promises kept, right? It's going to be overdrawn for lack of a better way of saying it. And, you know, again, this is not a diet or food problem and it's not a motivation or self-sabotage problem. It's what I would call a self-esteem thing. But, and that, there's the big but, right? That's actually a great problem to have because the great news about that is that addressing your self-esteem and and what I would put in the category of self-image, it's totally treatable, right? It's something you can transform almost immediately with the right strategies and the right tools. Unfortunately, though, most people don't do this. They simply, you know, commit to the next diet, the next plan or program, or the next, you know, shiny, you know, short-term solution or Band-Aid, and they never go address the real problem. They never address all of the other stuff that's bogging them down and bringing them down and weighing them down. And again, that's the weight of the weight that I mentioned on other episodes of Outweigh and one of the first concepts I teach my clients because the weight on your body isn't the real weight. The real weight is all of this other stuff that we as humans just carry around with us in our heads and in our hearts. The real weight can be found embedded in our thoughts and inside the walls of the stories that we're telling to ourselves and about ourselves. And once you make that shift, once you ditch that weight, the weight of the weight, everything works and every plan of action becomes all of a sudden actionable and everything begins to flow. Well, why is that? Well, that's because you start working and because you become the cause of the action and because you start to flow again. But I promise you this, this kind of transformation will never be found in another diet or program or plan because those things are not the problem. And I mean this with so much love when I say you are the problem, but by golly, you are also the beautiful solution. And wow, what an opportunity that is because that means that you don't have to stay on that roller coaster. And that means you can ditch the disempowering self-image and self-esteem and self-worth and of course the self-talk that's driving that, and it's probably driving you absolutely bonkers, you can ditch all of that. 
And that means you can opt out of the dieting madness and the food obsession and the stress and emotion that comes alongside your body and food, but it really doesn't have to. That's the part that's optional. Because when you do that, when you ditch what I call the weight of the weight, that's when you can just friggin' you know, breathe and think and feel how you want to feel without worrying about being air quotes good enough or thin enough or pretty enough or fill in the blank. That is the power you hold when you take a self-image solution approach, aka, you know, a brain approach to your solutions with your health and your body. And it's a power that anyone can cultivate. But I promise you this, it cannot and will not be found in another diet, in another program or plan, because you cannot out-diet, out-perform, or outsmart your current brain, your current default thinking, and your current self-image. And that is where I invite you and every person in this world to start. So I love traveling and coming home to my bed because it's comfy and familiar. I love crawling into it. Well, what if you could take your bed on the road with you so that way you got good night's sleep while you're on a trip? And it's not your entire bed, but at least your bedding, which is the best part. Let me introduce you to Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding. Now, Cozy Earth is travel-friendly and hassle-free, and the bedding comes in these adorable totes, which makes it really easy for you to take it on trips with you. They also have really amazing loungewear, so if you're on a long flight, you can stay cool and comfy with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew, and it'll add a touch of style to your travel ensemble as well. So whether you're exploring stuff near or far, take a little bit of home with you. Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code OUTWAY at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know that we sent you after you check out. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime 
confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this hundred-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so back to this idea of losing trust in yourself. One of the most common struggles that my clients face is just like we talked about, their self-esteem is shot. They, they really don't trust themselves anymore. Essentially, it's when you've tried so many things that haven't worked, each time declaring something along the lines of, you know, this time I'm really going to do it and this is the time or this is the one, this is the, you know, program, plan, diet, fill in the blank that's going to work for me. Or this is the last one. This is the program, plan, diet, fill in the blank that's going to end all program, plan, diets, fill in the blanks, right? And when it comes time to start the next diet, the next plan, the next round of grit and determination and willpower, not only do we not believe ourselves that it's actually going to be different this time, but what happens is you end up terrified to share it with anyone else. So whether that's your partner or friend or colleague, because, you know, out of fear that they won't even believe you or take you seriously because you don't really believe you or take you seriously, right? Maybe you're afraid that, you know, you've performed this whole song and dance enough times that you don't even get taken seriously, even if, you know, they really do want to support you or believe in you. So you just kind of stop sharing about it. And that is the shame talking that, you know, that's what shame does. It keeps us living in isolation. It keeps us living in that secrecy. And I see this happening all the time. And heck, it's exactly how I used to feel each time I started out, you know, some new plan or method that eventually I just kind of stopped talking about it or telling anyone about it altogether. You know, it gave me some solace knowing that when I eventually strayed and, you know, I would because I was set up for a losing game, at least I could confine the disappointment to me and not have to explain it to anyone. But what this does is this only adds another layer of struggle because now it's adding shame and loneliness or, you know, maybe just the feeling that you're alone in your journey, both of which or all of which I should say are really silent killers. So what's the solution? What what do we do about this? Well, first, I think it's really important to talk about why it keeps happening. And I found that it usually falls into one of the following categories. So the first category is you are just getting smarter. And what I mean by that is, you know, after attempting one unsustainable restriction driven plan after another, it's only logical to assume that willpower and discipline, they're not going to just magically show up for you this time around, right? Not any more than it did the last time, at least. And that if things play out the way that they, you know, kind of usually do for you, it is actually safe to assume that this new plan isn't going to work either, right? It's actually smart of you to make this assumption because nine times out of 10, you would be right. So that's thing number one, your brain's actually getting smarter. You're not able to kid the kidder anymore, right? Category two is your brain keeps getting smarter. So one is you get smarter, right? Now it's like, okay, your brain's getting smarter. So when I say this is a brain thing, you can't outsmart your brain. 
without getting too geeky, because you probably know by now I like to get geeky, it's helpful to know that short-term habits and those long-term always have them, always, you know, be, actually become a habit in your brain kind of habits, I should say. Like, you know, it's it's there. You don't have to think about it. It just becomes part of who you are. So the short-term habits and then the long-term always have it. This is just who you are habits. They live in two separate parts of your brain. The long-term brain is driven by ease and pleasure. And when your brain experiences the opposite of those two things, so, you know, things like resistance or force or persuading yourself to do things you don't want to do or constant hunger because you're trying to diet or cut calories or whatever, right? That restriction, all of those things, they're, they're obviously the opposite of ease and pleasure. So when your brain experiences that... It essentially says, okay, don't worry, long-term brain. We don't have to move this over to the long-term part of our brain. They're not going to be doing it very long. And nine times out of 10, your brain would be right. So that's the second category. Your brain, it's, it's getting smarter, okay? The third category is your heart and your soul and your intuition keep getting more tuned in. They keep getting smarter. So let's be honest, you know, this whole food and body and self-acceptance journey, it is not a rational one. It's emotional. It tugs at your heartstrings. It nags at your spirit. And it's rare that I speak with a woman that doesn't know that her problem is not going to be solved with a diet right? You can't logic and reason your way through an emotional problem. Otherwise, you'll always be simply addressing the effects. And as we talked about before, a lot of those ways of addressing the problem, aka dieting and the weight loss mentality in general, actually make your problems worse. And if you're like me and most people I know, when you get truly and painfully honest with yourself, your heart and soul and spirit knows that a diet won't cut it either and that you do need a different approach, that you need something more or something deeper and something bigger. And nine times out of 10, again, you would be right. So those are the big, you know, three reasons why this keeps happening. So how do you actually heal it? Well, we should we should definitely talk about that, right? So the way I see it, there's a few layers to this as well. And keep in mind, this is not something that happens overnight. I actually walk my clients through an entire 12-week process to really help them establish a new relationship with themselves and a new relationship with food in their body. But if I were to bottom line it for you, I would say this. So first, it, and this might sound obvious, but first you need a better strategy because remember your brain is failing, not because it's actually failing, but because it's playing a losing game that you will never be able to win. So when I say that, what I mean is if you're using a strategy that is founded in restriction or deprivation or punishing yourself or punishing your body or you know, persuading yourself to do or eat or move in a certain way that you don't even enjoy or that maybe like you really can't possibly stick with long-term, or if you're using a strategy that causes you to spend an exorbitant amount of time and energy and heart and soul thinking about food and thinking about your body and your weight, when let's be honest, all you really want to do is stop thinking about it, right? 
or if you're using a strategy that's getting harder the more you practice it and you're getting worse at it the more you practice it and that's really what the diet mentality is and how it impacts you as in like you'll never get good at it right then your strategy is a big part of the problem and again this is where i have to remind you that you can't out diet a bad strategy either so if you do have a tendency to start things and stop them What if it's not because there's something wrong with you? What if it's because it's a bad strategy for you? Or perhaps it's a broken model altogether, one that I guarantee even the most willpower-driven, you know, strong and resilient woman couldn't sustain forever. So the first part of the answer, and you know, it's simple, not easy, because the world is throwing more diets at you, but the simple answer is you need a better strategy. But on the other side of it is you need new stories and beliefs because, you know, for example, I could straight up give you the stressless eating strategy that I teach my clients. But if we don't go identify those weeds in the garden of your mind that are causing you to not finish what you start, to feel like a failure, to actually think you're a self-sabotager, or just simply those thoughts that are causing you to think and act and feel and behave the way that you are, they don't just go away on their own. And again, you can't out diet and outsmart and outperform those beliefs either. And that's why it's got to be both. So when I say both, it's like, yes, you need a new strategy so that the food and body side of things is simple and stressless and sustainable. And the key word here is sustainable. One where you learn a new language and a new paradigm one time, but it's something that you practice for the rest of your life. And the more you practice it, the easier it gets and the better at it you get. And that way you don't have to practice it so much and it just becomes who you are versus dieting. Again, it just gets harder the more you practice it and you get worse at it the more you practice it. And let's be honest, you never get good at it. It never just becomes who you are. But like we also talked about, you've got to step into the stories and the self-image and the identity that you're going to need to actually make all of that happen. So that's what I mean when I say it's got to be both. And I see women all the time just, you know, kind of taking on a new tactic, right? But it's the same strategy. It's another new diet and it's got a new name and a new face, but it's really just more of the same. Only maybe this time it's focusing on calories and not carbs, or maybe it's focusing on fat grams or time of the day that you're eating or macros or whatever it is, right? So again, using a new tactic, but the same strategy will just create more of the same problem. And then the big one that women skip over is the self-image thing that we mentioned. Because if you're constantly telling yourself that you're a self-sabotager or weak-willed or a failure, it's going to become this self-fulfilling prophecy if you don't address that. And that's what you'll actually step into, especially if you have that kind of self-talk fired and wired into your relationship with food and your body. And and please know I am not trying to sound all doom and gloom or you know discourage you but I'm just trying to give you that awareness to see what recipe you're creating that is kind of, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, a recipe for disaster and a spiral that will keep repeating itself unless you heal it. So just to kind of bring all of this together, this whole self-trust thing, it's not that you're actually a self-sabotager or failing all the time. If you have lost that trust in yourself, you're human, right? 
And the fact that you're even able to have this conversation right now and you're even aware that perhaps you've lost trust in yourself, I believe that that's a sign that you're actually getting smarter and that your brain is getting smarter and that your intuition is getting more honed in. And again, I just want to emphasize this is not a you problem. It's just that the way you've been going about it probably has set you up to fail or has set you up to appear like you are the failure at this whole food and body thing or that you can't really trust yourself. But again, that's not who you are. I believe that you really can trust yourself. You've just probably been playing a losing game, one that, like we talked about, even the most powerful, resilient, willpower-driven woman couldn't sustain very long. And I have no doubt that you genuinely do want to solve the problem and close the loop and make this time the last time. And the solution then becomes, okay, well, how can I set myself up for a game that I can actually win? That's kind of the conversation I'm inviting you into, right? So how can you embark on a journey that actually makes you happy and makes your brain happy and makes your heart and soul happy so that you can stick with it and that you do stick with it? That is where your version of the solution lives. It's when we keep playing the short-term gratification, quick results, put a Band-Aid on the problem kind of game, aka you know diets and quick fixes, and, and never really find the long-term solution and never actually heal our struggles, that we stay stuck in that cycle, right? But when you heal that, as in rewire your brain with a new long-term forever strategy and rewire your brain by healing your self-esteem and self-image, wow, absolute magic starts happening. And, And not just with food in your body, it's everywhere. And that belief that you can't trust yourself or will never be able to trust yourself, well, that just fades in the background and becomes a distant memory. But, and and I mean this part with so much love, you have to go heal it. Like this is not, the the whole not trusting yourself, it really is a big deal. And it doesn't just go away on its own and and you can't address it with dieting, right? And trust me, I know that taking this whole self-love and brain-based approach to healing your relationship with food and your body, I get it. It's not as sexy as losing 20 pounds in 20 minutes like the world is trying to throw at you. But I promise, promise, promise you that when you do, you are going to meet a version of yourself that you absolutely love. And that is the most important relationship you could ever invest in. So that is it for today, Outway. I hope you got exactly what you needed today. And even if you got one little golden nugget or one small distinction that sparked something in your brain, well, that would honestly make me very happy. So if you liked what you heard today and you want to hear more in depth about the process of rewiring your own brain and self-image when it comes to food and your body and really your relationship with yourself, then head on over to stresslesseating.com and sign up to watch the stressless eating webinar where I walk you through the exact five-step game plan my clients use to heal themselves from the all-or-nothing diet mentality for good. But, you know, without restricting themselves and punishing their bodies and definitely without ever having to use words like macros, low carb, or calorie burn. So I've laid it all out there for you in five easy easy steps over at stresslesseating.com. And if you like today's episode, we will be back next week for more Outway, where we're going to talk about why weekend self-sabotage is a thing and what to do about it. So I'm Leanne Ellington, and I'm I will talk to you then. Hey, girl. 
girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 